0: Hi, welcome to the One Answer Ministries podcast. I'm Joshua Klein, your host. Thank you for joining us and listening in today. Before we get started, I wanted to share that with the last podcast that I had produced, um, I had a couple of people actually come circle back around. I'd sent it to them and they circled back around with me and shared how much they enjoyed it and uh, that it really spoke to them. And I didn't realize, I mean, I was, I appreciated it in the moment. Um, then looking back at it and thinking about it, I didn't realize how much of a motivator that was to me to get in and begin to produce another podcast. So I just wanted to kind of point that out and thank them for circling back with me. And I also wanted to mention that, you know, we really do appreciate Hearing from you and getting feedback from you, uh, whether it's questions um, or just a "Hey, that was great, thanks." Those those mean those mean a lot to us. Along that same vein and kind of transitioning, you can in fact give stars on Apple Podcasts. You can uh, write a review and you can rate the podcast. So if you like it, you know. Give us four stars. I'm not going to say give us five because I don't I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overstep, but <laughs> you could definitely give us a positive review and that will help us out as well. We really do appreciate your support, your prayers, your reviews, your stars, um, and, and, and your financial support as well. All of that is what keeps this moving forward. So thank you so much. In transition here, this is a teaching by my dad, Evangelist Ed Klein, called Jesus, The Key to the Life that is in You. We are going to make this a two- to three-part series, and I want to set it up and encourage you to approach these episodes as a Bible study. Because, in fact, he is going through the entire book of Second Peter, which is only three chapters, so that makes it very approachable. Um, but he does go verse by verse into it and expound and teach on that. I think it's a real opportunity, and in fact, in the beginning of the message, he puts forward kind of a call to action, which is to spend some time in prayer. L- he's literally asking you to like turn off, the tape, which is a whole nother thing. Turn off the tape and um, spend a little bit of time in prayer and seeking the Lord and maybe to read through the passage yourself before digging in with him, which I think is really important and valuable to open your heart up and your mind up to what the Lord wants to minister into you is to kind of put yourself in that space and spend a little bit of time to to do that. Uh, the tape reference is kind of funny and you know, that's a part of what we're doing with this ministry now is sharing the gospel, but but digitizing it, right? We're putting it online. We're creating a podcast. Some of these teachings, not all, but many, if not most, are actually from cassette tape and recorded that way. So if you hear that reference, that's that's what it is. And we've gone through the process of digitizing this and putting the effort into then going through and making the sound editing and and other edits that are needed in order to improve the the audio quality and create it as a quality listening experience for right now. So with that, I, I wanna just kinda circle back into, this is meant to, I believe, be a Bible study. I would encourage you to sit either with yourself or with maybe another family member or your whole family or a friend and dig into this. It's designed for us to grow in the life that God has for us and to teach us who we are in Christ. Because that's really the point of all of this, right? Is to to learn and expand and understand who we are in Christ and the relationship that we have with God. Um, I think that... My dad does a, a good job because it's already inherently there. In this, he talks about several other passages around a couple different scriptures within Second Peter and ties other passages from other, from other books of the Bible. He does that well. He does it well, though, because that's exactly how God designed his truth to be. He wants to affirm that truth and show you that truth through his word, as well as through real practical experience with him. So take that into this, and God bless you. I hope you guys are all having a fantastic day, and you are encouraged by this message. And remember, while there's all kinds of situations and all kinds of circumstances in this life leading to all kinds of questions, there really is one answer. His name is Jesus Christ.
1: I'm excited about what the Lord is doing uh, in my life. I'm excited about what I see the Lord wanting to accomplish in every area of my life. I'm excited about the fact that I know I'm not there, but I know that the Lord is willing to keep me. I know that as I allow Him to to be Lord of my life, as I allow God to be Lord of my life, then he is able to do those things that need to be done. And I want to just say to each and every person, to you that are here tonight, and to those of you who are listening, I just want to say that there is no point in uh, us trying to expound on the Word of God or do the things of God unless we're willing to spend time with god i hear people saying i love the lord brother klein but their actions belie what they're saying now i i'm not here to pick on you and i'm not here to try to make you feel bad but i am here to be honest with you and you cannot get what god has unless you spend time with God. I think the saddest thing I see happening as we as we come together continuously, okay, is that we're still fighting about who's got what. You know, who's got what, and who's who's the best teacher, and who's, I want to tell you, there's no competition. Jesus Christ is the best teacher. But we will never be taught by Christ unless we come to Christ. You see, there's only one way to be taught by Christ. That's by coming to Christ. And I don't mean that we're not to receive teachings from other people, no, but in the end, only Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can reveal it to us. And he can't reveal anything to me, the truth of all things, unless I really take time to wait on him. There are so many things that God is wanting to do through the body of Christ that he cannot do because we won't spend any time with him, so I'd suggest to you that if you're listening to to this maybe, or if you're here tonight, that you make a decision to spend some time with the Lord. I ask each one of you before you came tonight to spend at least a half hour, 45 minutes before the Lord, asking the Lord to open your hearts and your minds. And I'd ask those who are listening to this tape, would you go off and praise and worship the Lord a while? Would you just spend a little time worshiping and praising and glorifying Him for who He is so that the relationship between you and him is that you know he's present with you, that you know that he is right there with you, present with you at this very moment. So, I'm going to do Second uh, Peter. The Lord has taught me a great deal through Second uh, Peter and First Peter, and I believe he would teach the body of Christ also. So, we're going to start by reading Second Peter, the first chapter, and we're just going to read sentence by sentence and verse by verse. And So I want you to take a look at this with me now. Let's start with verse 1 of 2 Peter, the first chapter. The first first thing you will notice is have received. Have received. You have received. You're not going to receive this. No, you have received it. It belongs to you at the present time. Now, as we come to that word, uh, have received, I want you to notice something about this. To those who have received, have received. Well, who has received? All those who have come in to the kingdom of God. All those who have acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord. They've all received. It belongs to them. Now, they may not have recognized, but because they do not recognize does not mean that they have not received. There's a difference between the two. Some people have not bothered to study, have not bothered to acquaint themselves, but irregardless, irregardness, they have received, because in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. Notice something else about Peter. He says here, a servant. The original, or the uh, King James Version says, a bond servant. He's not a paid servant. He's not a paid helper. He's a servant, a bond servant of God. He serves because he has no choice within himself. He, he knows no other way. He serves because he wants to reserve. He wants to serve. And uh, he, he mentions this, he says, to all those who have received. Now, in the Amplified, he says, obtained an equal privilege of, like precious faith. Now, I, people often say to me, Brother Klein, I need more faith. And here he's saying, you've you've received this faith, this like precious faith, this this Jesus Christ, like precious faith. He said, we receive Christ. When we receive Christ, we received, obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith. Now, he said, you've received that with us. Received like precious faith with ourselves in and through The righteousness of our God through the righteousness of our God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's because we're in Jesus Christ and it's because Christ is in us that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and how we need to get that inside us. And what that means, we've been put in right standing with God, in right relationship with God We've been set aside for the purposes of God because we are in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to tell you something. That's a mouthful. It's just the first verse. We're bond servants to God. We have received, and we've received a precious faith, and we've received, we've been put in right standing with God. We are through the righteousness of God. We have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because of what we have or have not done, but because of what Jesus Christ, his first son, has done. Okay, let's move on to the second verse. May grace, may grace. You know, that's a big word again, grace, grace. God's unmerited favor. That's what grace is. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you have God's unmerited favor? Hallelujah. You don't have to earn his favor. It's unmerited. I haven't earned it. Unmerited favor and peace. And peace, peace, which is perfect well-being. This peace he's talking about, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good. Grace, grace, which is, which is what? See, you know, so often we just read God's unmerited favor, may grace, God's unmerited favor, and perfect well-being, all necessary good, all necessary good. Not some of it, but all of it all of it, all necessary good, okay? And all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears. You know, spiritual prosperity, that's really knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, knowing who Christ is in you. And you know, when you possess all spiritual prosperity, guess what? You'll also possess all all prosperity of the world that is needed. Now, when I say the word prosperity, I don't mean you're going to have millions of dollars in the bank. Sometimes we uh, talk about prosperity and everybody the dollar signs go up. Well, I want to tell you something. Yes, we need to have enough money to pay our bills and to give generously unto others and do all the things the word tells us, but that's no guarantee that we're going to have millions of dollars in the bank. There's a vast difference between the two, and, and I don't believe that's what he's talking about right here anyway. Okay? Okay. All spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears... And agitating passions and moral conflicts. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh man, how'd you like to be free from all agitating passions and moral conflicts? Be multiplied to you in the full personal knowledge, precise and correct, that is, knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Oh, I want to tell you something. That, that one word right there, freedom. Freedom from all passions, freedom from all fear, freedom. Oh Lordy sakes, that, that says a whole lot, right? Then having the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. If you'll recall, there's a there's a, a scripture and I've I've taught on it many, many times. It's first Chronicles, the twenty eighth chapter, and it's the ninth verse. And you Solomon, my son, well put your name in there. You Jerry, you Dave, you Howard, you whatever. My son, know the God of your father. Have personal knowledge of him. Be acquainted with and understand him. Appreciate, heed, and cherish him. Now, that's pretty important, wouldn't you say? I'd say that's pretty important that we have a a good, sound knowledge of who God is. I do a tape, and it's on the Apostles' Creed. And I really point that out in the Apostles' Creed tape, you know. Uh, I believe in God. Well, well, what do you believe in him? What What is it that you know about him that causes you to really believe in him. Do you have knowledge of him? Have you gained some knowledge about him? And, uh, you know, in John seventeen three, he said, this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with and to understand you, the only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. Again, it's to know. It's not to live in darkness. It's not to wonder whether or not... Uh, it's going to happen, not to wonder whether or not I'm going to know or receive. No, it's to gain the knowledge of God in every area of my life. I, I praise God that needs to make sense to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory. I get so excited when I think that God has made it possible for you and I to know him personally. God has made it possible for you and I to be intimately acquainted With himself. That, that excites me. Okay? Now, verse 3. Let's go on to verse 3. For his divine power. Now, we're talking about God's divine power. The infinite power. The divine, the perfect, the, the ultimate, the, the omnipotent, the omniscient, the, the grandeur, the, the divine power. His divine power. Now, I want to watch a key word again here. His divine power has, past tense, has has bestowed upon us now the word has bestowed or has granted the word bestowed and granted are one and the same has bestowed has granted upon us all things all things i want to stop right there all things not some not a few not hopefully one or two But all things, everything, all things, okay? Now watch, suited to life, pertaining to life. All things that are requisite and suited to life. Everything that is required for true life, he has bestowed upon us through his divine power. Turn it around a little bit. Through his divine power. Everything that is suited to life and godliness and godliness life and godliness all oh, praise god true life needs to go along with godliness true life has to go along with godliness they're one and the same they're one and the same we really need to get that inside of us they're one and the same true life and godliness now watch watch what he goes on to say through through The full personal knowledge of Him. Now, now, we gotta gain the full knowledge of Him, the personal knowledge of Him, through the full personal knowledge of Him. Who called us? Who called us by and to His own glory and excellence and virtue? Now, praise God, can you imagine that? God, through His Son Jesus Christ, has called us to His own Personal knowledge and glory and majesty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His excellence and virtue. Praise God, brothers and sisters. How can you not be excited? How can you just sit still? Knowing that the God of the universe has called you in relationship with himself into the fullness of that relationship. Oh, I want to tell you that that excites me. That excites me. And you know, the full personal knowledge he's willing to teach me. Oh, glory. Glory, He's willing to teach me. How in the world can I miss on a deal like that? Oh boy, I just, I get excited when I think about things like that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, okay, now I guess I better go on here. I I just, there's sometimes I just want to stay with a verse. There's times when I just want to stay and stay and stay and stay and stay because there's so much in it. But we'll move on to verse 4, okay? We'll move on to verse 4. By means of these, by means of these, these what? These promises, this word that he's just given to us. By means of this word that he has just given to us. Granted to us. By means of these, he has bestowed. There it is again. He has bestowed. He has granted. You know, a grant's not something you've got to earn or pay back. It's free. He has granted. He has bestowed. Okay? He has bestowed upon us. All things, hallelujah, bestowed upon us, watch, His precious and exceedingly great promises. Hallelujah. God's made them available to us. His his precious and exceedingly great promises. Oh, hallelujah. They're ours. They're ours. Oh, hallelujah. Why did he do that? Why did he bestow these promises upon us? His promise. So that through them, you may escape by flight from the moral decay, the rottenness and corruption that is in the world. So through these promises and through the the wonder and the grandeur and the divine power of God, you're going to be able to escape the moral corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Do you understand that? Man, he said, you are partakers of the divine nature of God. Oh, my Lord, brothers and sisters, by the knowledge of what he's already done, you and I become partakers of the very divine nature of God, And through that, we can escape all the moral corruption, all the garbage that is in the world. Now, I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me. And if we'll just grab a hold of that and notice that there's a part to play. You know, so often, again, I go back, people want magic. People want magic. Well, there's no magic in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't mind telling you there's not one ounce of magic in the gospel. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to get on with it. Well. Let's go on to verse 5 now. Praise God. I'm not getting very far, but I don't just want to run through this. I want to go over it. I want you to understand what he's saying to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. If you've said, Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life. Be Lord, Savior, Master, Ruler, Supreme in every area of my life. And I want to tell you something. You're a child of God, and this applies to you. And if you don't seem to have any power, ask the Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit to overflow him. And I want to tell you something. Just get down on your knees and say, Father, I just repent for all my nonsense. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, so I'll be able to walk the walk that I'm supposed to walk. Well, let's just get on with this uh, a minute. Let's get on with verse 5. Now watch how he says this. Oh, if this is so important. This is so important. Now listen. For this very reason, adding your diligence. Boy, boy, that's something. Being diligent. He said, add your diligence. Make a decision that you're going to be diligent. Make a decision in the spirit, man. Command the soul to follow. And he said, you'll be diligent. You'll do what you're supposed to do. He said, you you just got to make a decision that you're going to be diligent. So add your diligence. Adding your diligence to the divine promises. He said, the promises are there. They've They've been bestowed upon you. They've been granted to you. Now add your diligence. Grab a hold of them and add your diligence to it. Uh, And you know what? He'll even help you do that if you'll just give it to him, if you'll just work with him, okay? Employ every effort in exercising your faith. He said, hey, you've got this divine faith. It's been bestowed upon you. Now exercise it. Exercising your faith to develop virtue, which is excellence, resolution, Christian energy. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, knowledge and intelligence. So he said, hey, there's a part that you got to play in this. When you make up your mind to work with God, when you make up your mind to let God lead and guide and direct and work on your behalf, he said, hey, then everything else is going to work out okay. Does that make sense to you? Everything else is going to work out all. Everything is going to work out okay. So we need to get that knowledge. We need to gain that knowledge by studying the Word of God. We need to gain that knowledge by looking to the king of kings and the lord of lords okay now in uh, verse six in exercising knowledge develop self-control and in exercising self-control develop steadfastness patience and endurance boy we can find a lesson or two about that in hebrews can't we can't we huh being steadfast enduring standing with the lord Oh boy, I want to tell you something. We really need to get a hold of that. We need to get a hold of that. We need to begin to understand God, God is on my side. God is wanting to do it in, in and through me. If I, you know, Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who both worketh to will and to do his good pleasure in and through us. And boy, we sure need to grab a hold of that. Okay. In developing steadfastness, patience, and endurance, And in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety. Praise God. Godliness, which is piety. Make a decision. Make a decision to do that. Verse 7. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. Brotherly affection. Praise God how so many of us need to get that brotherly affection. So many of us need to make a decision that we're no longer gonna fault fine with anybody, but we're just gonna praise, worship, glorify, magnify, and honor the Lord and, and find nothing but good in our brothers and sisters. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection, and in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love or the Christ kind of love. You know, so often we just we just wanna love those who love us back. So often We just want to love those who think exactly the way we think and do exactly the way we do. And I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. (coughs) Excuse me. We need to get away from that. We need to make up our minds that we're going to love in the way that Jesus Christ loved. We're going to do like Christ did. And we need to make up our mind that. We just need to say to ourselves, praise God, I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, I know that I can love my brothers with the love of Christ and I'm going to choose to do that. I'm going to choose to do that. I'm not putting up with anything less. I'm going to choose to do that. Okay? Now, let's go to verse 8. For as these qualities are yours, he said, as you, as you add your own diligence here, as you add your steadfastness, your patience and, and endurance, he said, as all these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, you will keep in you, they will, I'm sorry, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful. He says, you get this steadfastness, this endurance, he said this godliness, this brotherly affection, he said this adding your diligence to the divine praise. He says, you get this down, he said, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, The Anointed One. Boy, I tell you, that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. You know, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, boy, I tell you, starting with verse 12, boy, I tell you, it's got some, that we are to grow into the what? Perfection of the first Son of God. I tell you, many people, many people find that hard to believe, but God is able to bring us into that if we're really willing to let Him. And I, I know that's hard sometimes, but I also know that God wants to be able to do it okay verse 9 for whoever lacks these qualities it is blind now I'll tell you that's that's a pretty powerful statement said, if you lack the qualities that I've just been talking to you about he you said you're blind you're blind now so often we want to get angry so often we want to get angry with the evangelist or the pastor or the priest or whoever it is you know wow well, who does he think he is well you know, I'm not telling you what I think. You know, if I was just telling you, "Wow, well, this is what I think, that would mean nothing. No, I'm telling you what the Word of God says. See, I'm, I'm reading the Word of God. So, if you're going to argue about it, you've got to argue with God. You've got to argue with God. Whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted. Short-sighted. Hallelujah. Seeing only, <coughs> excuse me, what is near to him. And has become oblivious of the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. So he needs to grab a hold of this thing. He needs to understand that, hey, there's some things took place here in his life as well as in the life of others. And if he said if he's not, he's he's not uh uh he's not very far sighted, he's pretty short sighted. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Let's move on with verse 10. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. You know, there's an interesting scripture in James. You know, he said, whoever can curb the tongue. You know, so often we don't curb our tongue. In James, the third chapter, the second verse, it says, we all often stumble and fall and, and offend in many things, but if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong thing, he is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. And I believe here he's trying to tell us the same thing. He never stumble or fall, you know, if he's willing to be eager, to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast, you're calling an election. Boy, I'll tell you, that's, <coughs> that's really neat. Then we turn right around and add to the scripture, He who began a good work will bring it to completion. You know, he'll bring it to completion if we're diligent. If we're willing, if He is willing to do what needs to be done if we're willing to. Okay? Uh, I just think it's so important that we get, that we grip, we get a hold of that. That we get a hold of that. And, and, and really open our hearts. To the Lord in all areas of our life. In that area, okay? Well, okay. Now let's keep going. Praise God. Uh, verse eleven. Thus there will be richly, thus there will be richly and abundantly provided for you, provided for you, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Boy, I want to tell you that's where you want to be rich is in that kingdom. Because I want to tell you something, those rewards are eternal. Those rewards. So often we forget that God wants our time, He wants our love, He wants our steadfastness, our impatience, our endurance. And then what He wants us to remember is that He's been made all those things unto us. He's been made all those things unto us. That's pretty hard for us to remember at times, isn't it? We we get to thinking like maybe we've done it on our own. We've done it on our own. Uh, we need to gain the knowledge of his will. We need to na- gain the knowledge of his truth. We need to gain the knowledge of his life in every area of our life. How many of you understand that? Boy, we need that so bad, and yet so often we don't pay any attention to that. So we need to, we need to do that, okay? So he said that uh, thus we will be richly and abundantly provided for your entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 12, so I intend always to remind you about these things, although indeed you know them and are firm in the truth that you now hold. He said, I know you know these things, but I'm going to keep right on reminding you of them. I want you to get them inside you, and I'm going to keep reminding you of them. So that what? So that you'll remember to act like it. You'll remember to do like it. Okay? Verse 13, I think it right As long as I am in this tabernacle, this tent, this body, to stir you up by way of remembrance. Praise God! He said, "I want to stir you up. I want to. I want you. I want to be sure that you know what I'm talking about. I want to be sure that you understand that this is the only way. This is the only road to fulfillment. And I want to be sure that you get that inside you. Okay. All right. Praise God." Verse 14, since I know that the laying aside of this body, the laying aside of this body of mine will come speedily, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Well, obviously, Peter knew the time was coming when they were going to chop his head off. And uh, actually, they didn't chop his head off. They hung him upside down cross. tradition, says. But he obviously knew the time was coming when his earthly life was going to be all over with. And he wasn't too concerned about that. He just wanted to be sure that he got the message across to the saints. And I believe so often, that's what we forget. We need to get the message across to our children. We need to get that message across to our own children. We, sometimes, we're so involved in trying to get things done that don't have, that don't amount to a hill of beans. They're not going to last long enough to, to come in tomorrow, for goodness sakes. You know, they're not going to amount to nothing. You know, I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. You're not taking anything with you. How many of you know that? You are not taking anything with you. You're going to leave it all right here. I don't care how much you got. I don't care how big the business is, the farm is. I don't care how big the bank account. I I am telling you, you are not taking anything with you. You're going to leave it all right here. Sometimes we don't act like that. Sometimes we act like we're going to take it with us. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, I'm not taking it with me. You're not taking it with you. None of us are taking it with us, whether we want to admit that or not. So we need to make a decision that, hey, praise God, we're not taking it with us. We're going to leave it right here. And uh, we just well put it to use while we're here. We just well put it to use while we're here. That way it'll amount to something. Okay? Praise God. Okay. Now, he said, The Lord made it clear to me that uh, I'm not going to be around too much longer. Verse 15, Moreover, I will diligently endeavor to see to it that even after my departure, my decease, you may be able at all times to call these things to mind. Well, obviously, we know he didn't put it on a cassette tape because it didn't have a cassette tape, but he put it down in writing, didn't he? He he said, I want to be sure that when I move on, This message is still going to be here, and you're going to understand it, and you're going to know what it's really all about. I praise God for men like Peter and Paul and Matthew and Mark, Luke, all of them. I praise God that they, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, they left the Word for us to appreciate and for us to attain to in Jesus Christ. I praise God that He's here to teach us. I praise God that He's willing to teach us. And uh, I want to tell you something. As long as he's willing to teach us, I think we ought to try to be willing to learn. We ought to be willing to get in there and dig for that. Okay? Uh, Praise God. Verse 16. For we are not following, for we are not following out cleverly devised stories. We were not following out cleverly devised stories when we made known to you the power, the power. Oh, wow. The power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Oh, man, think about that a minute. Didn't that just blow you away? Didn't that just blow you away? Huh? Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But we were eyewitnesses of his mighty grandeur, authority of sovereign power. Oh, praise God. He said we were right there. We saw the whole show. He, he wasn't there alone. We were right there with him. And you know, brothers and sisters, there is so much here. There is so much. In this portion of scripture, I'm going to tell you something. You could spend a lifetime on it and never get anywhere. A lifetime on it and never get anywhere. That's hard for us, isn't it? It's hard for us. I just tell you, praise God, brothers and sisters, we need to get that inside us. Okay, verse 17. For when he was invested with honor and glory from God the Father, and a a voice was born to him by the splendid majesty, glory in the bright cloud, and overshadowing him, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased and delight. Now, I want you to just think about that for a minute. He was the first son first of many sons. So how do you suppose the Father delights and glories and appreciates you down here? Now i tell you something, brothers and sisters. If we'll just get a hold of that. We'll just get a hold of that. Oh, i tell you, sometimes we're afraid to stop. We're afraid to stop and just think about it for a minute. My Lord, how he must have loved us. My Lord, how he must have loved us. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? I just think so often we're so worried, we're so worried that he's not going to love us, that he's not going to accept us. And that's so contrary to truth, it is pathetic. Okay? All right, let's watch. For he was invested with honor and glory from God the Father, and a voice was borne to him by a splendid, majestic glory in the bright cloud and the overshadowing him, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased and delight." You know, don't you suppose the Father is pleased with you and He can delight in you and wants to delight in you on a continual basis if you'll just get on with who He is. Now, does that make sense to you? If you just get on with who He is. If you just rely on, trust in, and put all your confidence in Him, I don't see how you can possibly miss it. All right, let's go on with verse 18. We actually heard His voice, born out of heaven, for we were together with Him, on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word made farmer still, farmer still. You will do to well pay close attention to it as to a lamp. He says boy, that guy sure knew what he's talking about. He said that word is a lamp and you need to pay close attention to it, shining in a dismal, squalid and dark place until the day breaks through the gloom. And the morning star raises, comes into being in your hearts. Now, I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. If there was ever anything that was needed today, if ever there was anything that was needed today, it's a seeing a new indwelling in the hearts of men and women all over the world who are really willing to serve him. I don't care how weak you are. I don't care what your infirmity is. I want to tell you, God is bigger than that. He wants to overcome it in the name of Jesus. And he's more than willing to overcome that which is holding you in bondage. But for that to happen, you've got to make a decision to study him. You've got to make a decision to gain the knowledge of him. You've got to make the decision that I'm going to spend some time with him and that is all it is to it. And you've got to make a decision that you're going to seek him. In Colossians 3.17, says, whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word and in deed, seek ye first the kingdom of God, And all his righteousness And then all of the things will be added on to you And I I wish we'd get that down inside us I wish we'd Oh my lord All you got to do is go back to the first of this chapter He hath given He hath received He hath He hath He hath Oh lordy how we need to get that inside us Well Let's go on with verse 19 And we have the prophetic word Made firmer still you will do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal dark place until the day breaks through the clouds. The morning, the morning star rises, comes into being in your hearts. And the morning star rises, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and comes into being in your hearts. And I just think that's so important. God saying, hey, put me first, get my heart first, and then I will be able to add everything else onto you okay verse twenty yet first you must understand this that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of any personal or private or special interpretation loosening or solving verse twenty one for no prophecy ever originated because some man willed it to do so it never came by human impulse but as men spoke from god who were born alone born along moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit hallelujah he said I want to tell you something he said no man ever got up on his own and did this on his own he said this thing is not from man alone this is from God and God alone and you need to get that inside you he said you need to begin to understand that it is God alone who's put this together for you okay
0: hi this is Joshua again I just wanted to circle back at the end of this and thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And we do really hope that it bless you, encouraged you, taught you. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we really appreciate your support. We are hoping to continue to produce these episodes. We are a nonprofit. The only way that we do that is through gifts from you. So. If you were blessed and you feel like the Lord is encouraging you to give to this organization so we can continue to put the gospel online, we would greatly appreciate that. You can go to the website. It's all spelled out, oneanswer.org, and go to the giving tab, and you can set up a one-time donation, or you can set up a monthly. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a blessed day.